This is Anthony Wilson. This is Monica Lewis-Patrick, your water warrior. Hi, this is Marcus Robinson, Collaborations Executive Director, and you're about to listen to. And I encourage you to listen to. One Song Playlist with Dr. Tony Dunbar. I'm Tony Dunbar, the host of One Song Playlist. Thank you for supporting season one of OSPL, featuring my favorite song, the 1970 hit, Wu Chow by the Chicago family musical group, The Five Stair Steps. This is part two of our four-part One Song Playlist interview with Creole Kazar Hampton. She is a former corporate marketing and public relations executive and now leads her own marketing agency, Greater Works Inc. Criola is also a prominent community activist and is a vocal and visible supporter of, for those living with AIDS in the black community. Part two continues our part one conversation on music and extends to the discussion of the Vietnam War, the resistance to Dr. Martin Luther King in the black community, as well as the murder of Sam Cooke. This episode was recorded in December of 2020. I'm gonna throw out two facts. To your point, Wu Chow became a more popular pop song than it did R&B. White people were sucking that up. You know, brown people were sucking that up. It just had that message around that time, you know, post King. I don't want to quite give up on the fact that maybe we're not going to get everything we wanted out of. And so, and, and so there was, we were starting to get some of the, the harsh realities of the post-civil rights. So that song came in right on time. And of course, you know, a little Chicago group to five stair steps. <laughs> and by the way, uh, we're Chicagoans, so you we're gonna yeah. keep throwing those uh the Chicago tidbits at you. It it resonated on a broad based from secular to moderately spiritual to fully spiritual, the messaging resonated, and then across uh race and gender. So yeah, yeah, it, it, it was it raised, it got higher in the pop charts than it did in the R&B charts. I'm going to throw out something for a a big sister analogy. So six, I think 69, 70, and then 71 and, and a progression of songs. So the 50th year anniversary for one of my other favorite songs, Oh, Happy Day, just Edwin Hawkins singers. But in 69 was the 50th year anniversary of Oh, Happy Day, Mm -hmm. 1970, so we're marking the in 2020 the 50th year anniversary of Ooh Child. Yeah. And then next year, the mantra for the post-civil rights movement, particularly from a black strength empowerment perspective, came out. The classic What's Going On by Marvin Gaye came out in 71. So thus that's three progressive, but it went from a spiritual song to a popular song to a progressive song across that bandwidth. So by the time Marvin Gaye and what's going on was coming out, was that something that was palatable in your household? I know Oh Happy Day was getting getting rocked. That that had that you'd have any problem playing that right. in. There was permissible it was permissibility inside of Ooh Child. Where were where was your household by the time Marvin was talking about what was literally happening in the streets? Now, again, so so two things. One thing that was important too is you, the five stair steps. I went to Harlan High School. Five stair steps were from Harlan High School. And so as were Outside. these. So in terms of, and then like I said, I had two older brothers who were five and seven years older than me 
who both were products of Harlan High School as well. Both of my brothers were drafted to the war in Vietnam, Mm. which is pretty impactful. I remember my um my my brother that is five years older than me, Ducanner, because our he graduated number five from in uh, Harlan High School, basketball player, very popular, and he had just gotten married and just had uh, I think uh, my my firstborn niece Shannon, she wasn't even one year old yet when he was drafted, and I remember. Um, when he got the notice, they uh, found out about it. They were at our house and his wife, I remember her running down the street, screaming and crying. So we're speaking of for folks, the Vietnam War at the, the time and probably at this at its height because at, we its were height. at its height. Yes. At its height. And so my oldest brother, Jagertha, he had already been drafted and he was in the midst of it. And then we get the notice that my next, my brother, my other brother is being drafted too. So to have two brothers in the midst of that and what's going on was very, very relevant. (laughs) It was, I'm not going to say that my parents were activists, but my parents were at the March on Washington. They traveled to D.C., left us with my grandparents while they went there to be in front of the Washington Monument when Dr. King spoke. My parents, you know, as a little girl, took us to, uh, we were members of Mount Pisgah Baptist Church. I don't know how many, it's on 46 and King Drive, but it's, it's a historical, it's a monument now, an official monument, because it is the first church in the city of Chicago where Dr. Martin Luther King spoke. It deserves to be a landmark. It's a landmark. And it and and at that time, we talk about division, is a lot of black pastors would not allow Dr. King to speak at their churches because they felt that he was too radical, that as a pastor, he should have been not been involved in politics and civil rights. So most black pastors did not allow him in their pulpit, but we were at a church (laughs) where not only they allowed that, you know, open its doors for, and I, so I remember being a little girl watching and seeing Dr. Martin Luther King speak. And then he stayed until he shook the hands of every person in the building. So I remember shaking his hand and feeling how soft and buttery he was as a little girl. So my parents were connected, though not radical. So to have two sons in Vietnam and what's going on, of course, my mom and dad were just as tuned and hooked hooked into it as we were. And at that time, I was starting to feel <laughs> a little more of the black power, uh, the um, the need to not only embrace my blackness, but to push back against a lot of societal norms. I'm again, 
so much richness that uh, that you've laid out for me, avenues where the conversation can go. I want to follow up on that Dr. King move. So you talked about Mont Pisgah being on King Drive, correct? That's where it is, 40th King Drive. Which used to be South Chicago Avenue before it became Dr. So it wasn't Dr. Martin Luther King Drive while he was alive. It was uh, South Chicago Avenue. Correct. And to your point around... Um, South Park. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. It wasn't right. Pastors, to your point, were not knocking his door down. He might ask to speak there, but when no one was inviting him and he was getting turned down on his request. Yeah. I can't remember the church, but there was a church not too far from Mount Pisgah. That's a landmark church. It'll come back to me. That was when they changed, they were one of those that didn't invite him and were, were not interested in, in his style of ministry and ag- advocacy. So their original address was on South Park. They, and when it turned into Martin Luther King Drive, they petitioned and successively had their address. They had another entrance and had the address to the cross street in order not to have a Martin Luther King Drive address. So those are like little nuggets. Like every community has its own internal struggles, particularly yes. the big tent issue. Yes. Similar to the way the Democratic Party is now. Yeah. He really ain't feeling Nancy Pelosi. Not every black preacher was feeling Martin Luther King. It's part of the it wasn't. It, it, it's it just the way humanity works regardless right. of the context you put that in. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought I'd share that to the I thought there were some coincidences worth mentioning around that and the length, I didn't want people to think that that was a casual, oh, that brother's just doing his own thing. We no. don't know. There was there was some brown and black pushback. Yes, a lot. On Brother King. A lot, a lot, a lot. And I think you're talking about Metropolitan CME. Um, and then we had St. Paul CME. They're huge, to your point, churches up and down. Uh, it was South Park Avenue okay. <laughs> that is now that is now Martin Luther King Drive. There are huge churches, and I might add, the only black-owned bank at the time. CWH came later. Uh, Illinois Service Federal, which is now GN Bank, and today it is the only black-owned bank in the city of Chicago right there across the street from Mount Pisgah on 46 and King Drive because Seaway is now owned by non-African-Americans. So when we when we look at this business from a faith-based and a financial perspective, uh, South Park Avenue was hot <laughs> and churches and businesses, my God, back then, and financial institution, that... People talk about Bronzeville. That was that the, the heart of the African of the city of Chicago, the heart of the black community's uh, soul down in, in that avenue. And to have um, leading black pastors, I didn't say black pastors who are leaders, leading black pastors who refused. Ooh. Say that one more time I, because the depth of that might have got by folks. <laughs> You said something real. Uh-uh, don't don't slip it by him. Put, put, put another spoonful of that on their plate. Say that one more time. Leading black pastors, not black leaders, 
Thank you. Uh, who would not allow Dr. King, who was for love, who was for not just civil rights, but for righteousness. That's the cornerstone of the Bible. And they didn't want him in their pulpit. They didn't want him in their, in their church. Uh, I, you know, I thank God again that we were members of Mount Pisgah Missionary Baptist Church, Reverend Joseph Wells, pastor. And he was like, come on. And I appreciate the fact that my, my, my parents were there and brought us. And my, my father took my mother on their first date to that church. <laughs> Hello. That church. That's where he took her on their, on their, on their first date. So my mother is 91. She's alive and she is still a member uh, there today. My father has passed. But yes, when we talk about our faith-based connection and the influence in the Black community, a lot of what we came about in terms of our identity as Black people and our involvement and engagement in civil rights, a lot of it came through, through the church. Yeah, a, a, lot, a lot of folk were, were scared to speak out unless they had a pastor standing in front of them. And so people have to remember that is what Dr. King was first. <laughs> he, was, he was a preacher and a pastor. Yeah, what's going? What was going? What's going on? So when Marvin Gaye comes out with "What's Going On," picket signs. Yeah, don't punish me with brutality. Talk to me so we don't can see what's going on. So yeah, my my parents, we had two sons in Vietnam for a righteous cause. So let me hit you with this, Father, Father, we don't need to escalate. You see, war is not the answer, for only love can conquer hate. You know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Straight lyrics right out of what's going Straight on. Lyrics. Well, uh, Muhammad Ali, he tore up his card, didn't he? Oh, I don't have no problem with them. He said, <laughs> I have a problem with you white men. Oh. <laughs> you white people here. <laughs> I have a problem with you all. You're not going to send me over there to fight. I'm not. Uh-uh-uh. Ain't uh-uh. no Viet Cong try to shoot me. Ain't <laughs> no Viet Cong call me, nigga. I ain't got no problem with no Viet Cong. <laughs> I got some problems with you folks right here. Trying to, he... to kill innocent folks. <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. That's you what know. he said. That's what he said. Something like that. Right here. That's, that's what he said. And so, yeah, we were. Yeah. What's happening in 2020? Uh, what's going on uh, <laughs> hold on hold on since, since we since we got the church vibe going let me get this in well <laughs> what well who we got in the white house i again I, I was listening this morning though joe biden was announcing his cabinet <laughs> we had the first black man secretary of Secretary of Defense come through a black man hammer. Okay. <laughs> they're they're going to give him a little challenge because he's retired. And we just, we'll see how that, how that dog whistling unfolds, depending on how much pushback um, there's, there's even though the, uh, the villain has left one of the, one of what I consider uh protagonist has left a play. The, mm-hmm. the tent, the new tensions in the next episode and new season of uh, how our president's turn is forthcoming. It's coming. <laughs> but, but the thing, if, if, if we were talking about Sam cook, we would be saying, I know a change is going to come. 
<laughs> so there are times that song plays and I'm going to be straight up with you. Um, and particularly at the couple of times I've heard it since the pandemic and not realizing my own, you know, just pushing through. That's what I do. But have, like having a resonant moment where that just listening that song, I just I just sit. I after it played, just sat quietly and tears rolling down my face. Yeah. I don't even know what the, I don't have words to describe it. Don't know what the moment was, but, and then, you know, it's Sam Cooke too, right? That brother, that, that brother just, as soon as he clears his throat, he already inside your soul. And the fact that again, uh, he was a black man who recorded a song about the time and the way in which he was murdered. Not too long after that, if you look at documentaries, there is uh, some dis- kind of allegation that it happened because of his him getting involved in the civil rights movement and because of that song which he was cautioned not to record cautioned not to record um too hard it's been too hard living but i'm afraid to die so um let's put a context into that so that's right after the march on washington right before I think the Voting Rights Act gets signed and right before the assassination of Malcolm X. Matter of fact, I think that I've seen some montages that use that, that, that give visual representations of both King, uh, well, actually it's the Kennedys and King and Martin. They kind of, I've seen some folks like put uh, picture montages together and use that as the underneath. And it's, uh, it's, it, it, it tugs at you. Even even deeper than that, I, I saw uh, it's on Netflix, a documentary about Sam Cooke, and they show some pictures of him with Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali. And to see, you know, to see people like what Sam Cooke, <laughs> he was that song. And, and so he was pressed to record that song again, even though his record label was against him recording it because they felt it was too radical, too radical. But he's with, he's around these people and he's saying, I need to, I've got this voice. It's what I have. Let me do something with my voice to contribute to this, to this, to a, to a movement, to a movement. Um, and again, the way in which he was killed uh, is still questionable as to whether he was he was he was murdered. And it is still questionable as to whether it was because of his involvement or his emerging into the to shut his voice down um, because he was lured out of a bar into a place and then killed. There's so many questions still around it. Um, Muhammad Ali was outraged. He talked about if it had been a white man, there would have been more investigation. They would have caught the people sooner. They may have prevented it. But when we look at these people who are singing these songs, recording these songs, some of them were pioneers and in their own way because they put their voice to songs of the movement, they themselves are putting themselves at risk. So you look at who they are when uh, not just listen to the songs and the words, it's like who wrote them and who's singing them. Um, whenever you hear Nina Simone singing you a, a song, 
you know, you, you, you know, this is more than about the song. You look at, okay, what is she talking about? What is, what is she talking about? Same thing for now Marvin Gaye, you know, he went from just being the smooth, silky love song crooner to now, what? This man has has the audacity now to be using his voice and his popularity to be given message songs. He changed his look too, right? He got the he got the beard. Yes, he did. He had he had his yeah, you know, he had his 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 head cover. See, he flipped the script. He was like, "Oh, I thought y'all forget. I I know Barry Gordy keep a lid on things, but I got something to say. Yes, I look when I say it. Yes." Yes, you can look like the dude standing next to Tammy Terrell. <laughs> no, again, that's what I say. Look again and not just the, the, the song who wrote it, who was singing it. What were they up to? Because in their own way, they were lip, they were lending their gift and their influence to encourage and empower black folk. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And again, his tragic death. So it's, you know, uh, it's a kind of a bittersweet thing to be looking back and uh, talking about um, these iconic black people that I'm into and and the the impact that they had through their music on black and white people yeah. on the world. Yeah. Let me do let me bring some cleanup and clarity. Uh, so. A Change is Gonna Come came out in December of 64, which was right after the Civil Rights Act was signed by Lyndon Johnson and right before the Voting Rights Act was signed by Lyndon Johnson. So it came right in in the midst of it. And as you mentioned, not too in that soon after that time, uh, Sam uh, was set up, right? So this is Creola Kizart Hampton. This is Anthony Mosley of Clever Action Theater Company, and you just listened to One Song Playlist. Dr. Anthony Dunbar. Hi, this is Tony Dunbar, host of One Song Playlist. Thank you for listening to part two of our OSPO interview with the insightful and inspiring Criola Gazart Hampton. There are four parts to our interview with Criola. Parts one and two will be available to the general public and tier one subscribing members of our One Song Playlist Patreon community. On Patreon, you can support this podcast as a subscriber. For more information and to subscribe, go to patreon.com forward slash one song playlist. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash O-N-E-S-O-N-G-P-L-A-Y-L-I-S-T. There is also great information on our One Song Playlist website, which is onesongplaylist.com.